Please be working now. You seem to be back again, yes. Cool. I was going to, like, try to mom name you to get you to come back on mic. (laughs) But then I realized I don't know your middle name. I've told you it so many times. Was Was I intoxicated at the time? Uh, I mean, given the amount of times, probably. Doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got me there. Yeah, yeah, I do. And, you know, it's more fun to just invent a middle name for you. Mm -hmm. This time I was going to go with uh, Joseph Erasmus Hadfield. Mm. That was my goth name in secondary school. (laughs) Erasmus? What I was actually doing was pulling up Patreon, because we do have a question. Oh, wow. Hey, a question. Cool. Who's it from? Someone. Well, obviously, Joe. I don't think that, you know, the color out of space decided it was just going (laughs) to start backing us. And then I got a question for you guys. Of course the color out of space is magenta. (laughs) Of course it is. Was Was there any other choice? There were many other choices, Joe. There was. You do the movie in black and white. That would have been cool. There is a German movie of The Color Out of Space where it's in black and white. Well, I don't know. Supernatural sometimes comes in a lime green tint as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if if the reanimator movies are anything to go by. I do love the reanimator movie. I'm not saying it's good, but I love it. I love it so much. And all the sequels. All of them. John Archibald Wheeler once said that time is just nature's way of stopping everything from happening at once. As if the universe had a limited amount of bandwidth or a lot of RAM, like an early 80s game console. Certainly without time, things would make a lot less sense than they already do. And there's a whole host of reasons why time travel wouldn't work. If butterflies flat their wings to make hurricanes, then crash landing a DeLorean in the Cretaceous is going to derail every little step of the pathway. From the garage where you build the thing in the first place, back around to your parents fucking before an open fire on their second date. But which scientists, right? Open like new flowers to inquire. And welcome to episode 62 of WTF Anime, the show that should never fall into organization hands. I'm as ever your host, Joe, and joining me is Travis. Hey, what's up, Joe? Uh, what's up, everybody? Back again, episode 62. Strong Rick and Morty feels uh, <laughs> to you all. Yeah, I mean, when you said that, things clicked into place. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll let the cat right out of the bag. Joe, what did we watch today? Today we watched Steinsgate episode one, a show about time travel and J. Michael Tatum just saying words. And th- he does say a lot of words, um, a lot of them. In what I'm going to have to say is one of my favorite voice acting uh, performances. That I've ever seen. Heck, that is that is high praise. Yeah, I'm throwing that gauntlet down. Huh. J. Michael, uh, again, uh, I said this off of mic, but I feel like I know him well enough now that I can drop the surname. <laughs> I think he really hit it out of the park here. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about his voice a lot because the character he plays is the main character and says a lot of things. But we, we were talking again, like off mic. A lot of other actors, when given the direction to be a crazy conspiracy theory nut, would hammer up so fucking hard, but his crazy is so purposeful. Right. It's very fucking good. You know, and and I'll draw this back to another time travel story. It's like, you wouldn't think it, but Brad Pitt plays an excellent fucking uh, uh, out of out-of-his-mind guy (laughs) in 12 Monkeys, another story about time travel. Yeah, go watch that, because that's probably one of Brad Pitt's bests. That's some good acting. It's not just him standing around looking pretty and then eating something. (laughs) Which is every other movie he's basically in. I mean, you're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. (laughs) So, speaking of Steins Gate. Yeah. Do you want to get into this? Uh, yeah, yeah, we might as well, because this episode doesn't end until we do, so... (laughs) Mm. For the listeners at home, we are already at 24 minutes of recording. Okay, uh, let's pull back the curtain, Joe, um, how the burger gets made. You and I at least do 20 minutes worth of warm-up, where we're doing bits back and forth of each other, 
We say warm-up. It's mostly just us, like, fucking hanging out more so than the show itself. Yeah, there's less structure. That's all it is. Because <laughs> us talking about an anime is still us just hanging out. It's just now other people are listening to it, and it's been edited. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it's been edited. Somewhat. Mm, TM. Well, TM. please don't pull away the amount of work that I actually fucking do. No one's ever getting a live show of this. Oh, yeah. This is a garbage fire. Oh, yeah. We are a mess uh, <laughs> as human beings. I will only present myself to the internet in an edited format. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of a mess of human beings, we open with Akabe Rintaro, our main character, expounding on some science nonsense and then saying, yeah, but scientists aren't very good poets. Which, I don't know, um, Oppenheimer seems pretty rad. <laughs> he was pretty good. Uh, Einstein's got that part philosophy, part poetry thing going sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's kind of a wackadoo, so just let's, uh, let's let him be. You don't want to rile him. He, he could get dangerous. He ends like this opening monologue, and we kind of pan out to see him like holding a phone by saying, scientists are but a ship of fools. And we meet his companion slash assistant slash, I'm curious if Travis caught what she calls herself later, but this is Mayuri. She prefers Mayushi. Yeah, um, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I did not catch that. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was I was totally busy watching our crazy dude do crazy shit and monologue. <laughs> our boy, J. Michael Tatum, just saying words. You need to... Don't you know him well enough? You can drop the surname, Joe. <laughs> it's just J. Michael now. We're all friends. Hit him on a celly. I'm not as cavalier as you are. <laughs> uh, that's lies. You're just more polished on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we we get this establishing shot of what looks kind of like basically an office building. I'm I'm still having watched this show, not entirely sure what this building is for. It is a building of some business type. Yeah. I don't know if there's specific buildings in cities that are like, this is where people can give guest lectures, which is what's happening in this uh, in this opening scene. There are things like that, but it's th that's usually hosted at like a school or something after after hours, at least around here. Yeah, and I, I think this is like in Akihabara, which is like basically a sort of center of technology. No, this is definitely uh, a place where... Things of work are done. Mm -hmm. Units of work are produced here. <laughs> but we are basically here for Dr. Nakabachi's... What do you want to call this? Like, a lecture on his theories or... I think it's successful time travel development? Uh, it, it It's basically like a quantum physics lecture. Mm -hmm. Although when you said his name i just and you paused i just wanted to add bone sucking sauce to it like he was there to advertise a line of barbecue <laughs> dr nakabachi's time travel lecture sponsored by jr's good old-fashioned barbecue sauce bone sucking sauce yeah <laughs> so they're, they're, they're at this lecture it hasn't started yet and there's oh there's a rumbling from the roof hmm so a big satellite thing has shown up on the roof, and there is a figure giving an X sign. And then, so I was about to call him Okabe. He spends most of this show being like, my name is Hoin Kiyoma. That's my non-diplume. So all of those are interchangeable, essentially. By the way, I like that he, he calls it his non-diplume, but <laughs> I don't think I want to see him in this episode write one goddamn thing. <laughs> he dictates other people do stuff for him, but he never actually composes anything. Write this down though. Take notes. You're going to you're going to want to listen to this. This is worth your time. All of his utterances should be noted for the future. And they're backed up in triplicate according to uh, a character <laughs> we have yet to meet. Yes. Um he He's pulled away from a satellite landing on top of this building, and someone in army fatigues 
giving a sign because his friend Bayuri has found uh, like a gachapon and is like, oh, I don't have any money. Please give me money so I can get this upas. Upa? I don't know. It, 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 it's, a, it's some kind of dumb... Well, in the States, it'd be like a 25-cent uh, plastic shell toy that mm-hmm. would be at a grocery store, like right outside a grocery store. I don't know if that's a, if that's a thing that, that exists in England or not. I kind of hope it isn't because it's <laughs> dumb and bad. It's a huge fucking thing in Japan. Is it? Why? Why do they love vending machines so much? They have like, <laughs> such a rich vending machine culture in Japan, and I don't understand that. Why is that a thing? Because it's convenient. Okay. So I don't know if you caught. They show this gachapon machine that is like this very toyetic panda. The thing next to it is a gachapon for school days. Is it? I didn't even notice. It is. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is is that produced by the same studio? I'm gonna assume it has to be. Like yeah, I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't even pay attention to what studio uh, uh, pushed this out, so I, I, I don't know. But it's got to be, right? It, it's an Easter egg, like, oh, we did this too thing. Yeah, it, I think it should be because uh, Steins Gate is also like a visual novel game that was adapted. Okay, sure. So so the thing, the lecture gets called, like, they're going to have the thing, and Okabe's reading through it. And see some similarities between Dr. Nakabashi's theories and an internet meme known as John Tita. Yeah, um, what's fun about the uh, this is that the internet meme known as John Teeter is a real fucking thing. Uh-huh. It went on for a long goddamn time. Uh, one person just posting this, I'm a time traveler from the future sent back to the past to correct uh, our future kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it's actually very interesting if you look it up and go through the history of it. Yeah, I when I first watched this show, like I had to do some reading on it because I was just like, "Is this a thing? Did this actually exist?" Oh yeah, it did. And hey, turns out it did. Yeah, um, man, I miss the early days of the internet when crazy bullshit like that happened, and everybody <laughs> wasn't just over it or trying to call somebody bad for just doing dumb shit and and trying something out hope you realize how old you're sounding yeah no 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 i get it (laughs) i get it but like the wild west of the internet's over (laughs) now it's all owned by like six megacorps and we're all gonna be censored it's bullshit and it's dumb and it's bad well, yes, because your initial time with the internet was the Wild West, in that the Wild West was finite, in that there were six websites. Hey, Angel Fire was dope as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you can, you can, you can call me old. I don't give a shit. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Get mean, whatever, bro. <laughs> fine, I will. <laughs> so, mean. Meanwhile, Okabe calls the doctor out, and he's just like. Oh, well, oof, that's... Our beans definitely didn't realize anyone knew who that was. And then he gets pulled out of the lecture hall by a red-haired lady named Makise Kirisu. Man, I'm glad that you are on the pronunciation table, because <laughs> I am not. If it's easier for you, and obviously you haven't, you've only seen this one episode, you can call her Christina. She fucking hates it, but that's what she's called most of the fucking time in this show. I, uh, okay. Uh, man, that feels like it needs explanation that's not given in this uh, episode at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. Sure. All right, that's fine. I can go with Christina. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Kirisu pulls Okabe out and basically says, hey, what were you trying to tell me 15 minutes ago? To basically him going, oh, what? Hey, oh, what? 15 minutes ago, but I was in a lecture hall. There's no conceivable way in this anime where I could have possibly said something to you 15 minutes ago because the show has tracked my every move. See, 
I keep waiting. I kept waiting in this episode for like him to just develop a random uh, nosebleed <laughs> as he just gets more, more and more confused where he's trying to reconcile what I assume are different timelines. Yeah. Or at least a small existential crisis. <laughs> okay. So that is like an interesting thing about like the way this show is played because he does do a whole thing in this scene about, oh, the organization which maybe could just be him having fantasies. So there is like an argument that could be made for just watching this one episode and being like, oh, he's just a crazy person who kind of fantasizes up reasons not to talk to people because, you know, it could be shot from his perspective of just like, this is the world that he believes is occurring. Yes. When we get to the scene where... His his phone is grabbed away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, i I would like to I would like to break away and really talk about his performance. I think that yes. more than anything really highlights how well he did. Yeah, so he does actually recognize her as the published Makise Kurisu, and is like, "Ah, beans! The organization, the nebulous organization, have finally cornered me. Guess I'll talk into this phone." Yeah. She's kind of arguing with him, and because he's kind of being a dick, let's be honest. <laughs> he, he's monologuing and barely listening and or reacting in a very contradictory, it doesn't matter what the fuck you say, I got an answer for it kind of uh, a way. And she grabs the phone and is like, look, this phone isn't even turned on. There's a pause which I love, and then he starts laughing maniacally. Yeah. And this is where I want to uh, point out Jay Michaels. You can say Tatum <laughs> if you'd like, but Jay Tates. <laughs> can we just call him Jates? <laughs> We're just gonna portmanteau the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, we can do that. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Jates, his performance in this is fucking stellar because he plays a convincing crazy that's not chewing the scenery. It. It feels like a lot of self-denial. Mm -hmm. Like he's almost there. He almost knows that he's disengaged with reality. But his brain is going, no, 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 we can't accept it. We need to find an excuse out of this. Yeah, it's very much like Okabe has crafted this persona to like explain that because he is like he is science focused. So he's kind of taken the things that like science can't explain and put this performative aspect on it because he believes so strongly that science is the answer for everything. Anything he doesn't understand, he flips into this mad scientist persona. The only thing that I gotta say is that I, I've known a lot of science folk, and their ability to monologue like that, <laughs> that's a theater trait, and it's very at odds. He is a theater kid. Yeah, that is 100 OP. Uh, <laughs> I cannot think of any other like anime voice actor who could have delivered this performance. No, it was... Seriously, I really appreciate it because I know how hard it is when you're given a direction and your natural inclination... Everybody's natural inclination is just to come in and chew that scenery because it's something you can go big with. But to pull it back and just just give everybody doubt because you're you're, you're underplaying it mm -hmm. in just the right way. You you seem like you're you're nuts, but you're underplayed nuts. That's hard. That's a good performance. It's crazy good, and it's why like I pushed you into being like, hey, watch the dub because it's very good. Well, you you already told me that what has become my favorite voice actor for English uh, dubs. Uh, was manning the helm, and I was like, mm, "Okay." He's he's also the he's also the uh, like script director. Like he, I'm assuming not on his own, but like he is the one of the helms behind adapting the script from the Japanese. So he has an understanding of the character from the Japanese portrayal. Uh, does he speak Japanese, or does like he get the the rough translation? And he has a, a, enough working knowledge that then they they run it through like a punch up, basically. I would assume there's translators, but I, I can't imagine working in that field and not like picking up an amount of conversational Japanese. Yeah, uh, I 
maybe that maybe that's a uh a, a, a a Patreon goal for us? We we pick up conversational Japanese. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a lot of money. Just so you know, that that would be a lot of money. Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and download Duolingo. Uh, yeah. Right now, uh... <laughs> we 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 veered kind of off topic because did we? Well, <laughs> no. Because we're still talking about Jim Archetype's performance, and there there is this switch that happens when he laughs maniacally, like, ah, oh, the organization will never catch me, <laughs> runs down the stairs, and then is just like, Jesus, she's fucking crazy. Yeah, I I love the cocksureness of, of this character. Like, yeah. this guy has never met a thing that he can't bullshit his mind into. To fit his worldview. Yes, 100%. Which, I mean, honestly, it, and and we were talking a little bit about this a, as a whole, this show. I didn't read it at the time, but I'm reading this person could be really gross. Uh, because there's mm-hmm. internet people that are like this, and they tend to be bad people. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a society. Uh... Man, can't we just go back to the days when the only reason society really formed was because we could throw better parties if we organize? Uh, yeah, give me the cult of Dionysus that then got bought out by rich fuckers. No, I want that pre-rich fuckers day. (laughs) I just want drunken orgies. Give me drunken orgies. (laughs) Oh, man, uh, if that's not a t-shirt, I don't know what is. (laughs) Mayushi sent it, sent him a text message basically saying, like, hey, I lost my Metawoopa, and she meets him in the stairway and is like, oh, it really sucks that I lost my Metawoopa. That thing could go for 10,000 yen. And he was like, what the fuck ever? Everything just happens right up until that statement. And then he was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Come again? That could fund the lab. Bullshit lab things for a long time. Yes, for an amount of time. But Mayushi isn't going to sell it because it's her friend. Because she's pure and good and... Mayushi's good. I'm not sure that our main character is. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the entire building shakes. Um, oh no, no, it's not shaking. It's a scream. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, we got a scream this time. Yeah. Um, this might be leaning too much into spoiler territory. Any guesses what voice actor did that scream? Was it Jade's? I think it was Jade's. <laughs> I'm really liking the level of fam- familiarity we're getting with him <laughs> that he's just now Jade's. Hey, Jade's, hit us up. Yeah. So yes, he hears a scream that is very familiar sounding. And Okabe stumbles on the corpse of Makise Kirisu. Yeah, someone murdered her up real good. There's a lot of blood. She got stabbed real good. Or real bad. Uh, depending on <laughs> if you're her or <laughs> us just looking at, looking at it going, she got stabbed good. <laughs> yeah. What's also really funny about this and being a time travel show, it's like, he tells Mayushi to get outside, he goes and investigates, and then he is out before Mayushi. Yeah, um, man, time travel shows and Memento the movie <laughs> have a lot in common where a lot of it doesn't make sense because your brain wants to present things in a linear fashion. Yeah. And they don't work that way. So, yeah, he's outside and... Very confused in just a moment when he has a conversation. Yeah, so basically what happens is they start walking away from the building and he sends a text to his friend Daru being like, hey, Makase Kurosu just died. And there's like slow motion as he's pressing the send button. And then some weird shit happens. There's some static. There are numbers flashing. And he was walking on a very busy street. And now no one is on that street. Hmm. Curious, Joe. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. The plot thickens. The plot thick. Three C's. (laughs) 
He runs for a bit back to the building where the lecture was being held and sees that the satellite, instead of being parked on top of the building, is crashed into the building. And Mayushi has uh, some off-brand Dr. Pepper. It, I, huh. <laughs> mm. A lot just happened. A lot did just happen, and I'm also wondering if they really wanted to make it Mountain Dew. Because I feel like the the drink of the neckbeard <laughs> that is this character is Mountain Dew. It is it is the holy water of his peoples. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird because then he's like, "Hey, there are a bunch of people here." Mayushi's like, "Oh, really? I didn't notice." And it's very weird because we're presented with Mayushi's character, who's kind of like airheaded and very focused on the things she's interested in that like conceivably maybe she didn't notice a bunch of people but the direction is basically like as he's talking saying hey there are a bunch of people around here we're seeing a bunch of people and it goes back to them having the conversation with an entirely empty street yeah um i think i think what they're trying to do is show you that the character as we know him, the, the the protagonist, is really struggling to reconcile with something that he already knows but doesn't know because timelines. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's exactly the point of of the way they're presenting this. Yeah. And hey, do you know what that leads us into? Is it the mid-roll? It's the opening? But we're going to call it the mid-roll and go to our mid-roll. Yeah. Okay, so welcome to the mid-roll. It feels like we have been in that break for a month. Uh, yeah, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I mean, my perception of time is like like a dog's perception of time. <laughs> so I don't know. We are coming to you from the future of past Joe and Travis who recorded this episode to do the mid-roll because, hey, time travel, it's a thing. Even though if we're recording this now, it will still be in the past by the time the episode is released, but it's the present for us now. Time is weird. It is weird, and I would just like to say that I personally welcome our new robot overlords. Hey, since we recorded that last episode, <laughs> really bad things fucking happened. Joe, 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 they can hear you. They can hear you. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we have Patreon. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com forward slash WTF anime show, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support us at various levels and get cool bonus content. Travis, what have we done recently? Oh, Jesus. Uh... I've got to remember what period of time this is now. <laughs> we did the Pokemon movie. Uh, we did do a Pokemon. My first uh, adventure into Pokemon. It's fucking weird, you guys. Who who knew that a uh, a story for children could contain so many fascist themes and also resurrection? Question mark. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like a kid's movie when you you look at some of the overtones that are just shaded right in there. <laughs> yeah, when you get down to it, this this movie to sell toys, yeah, they did some stuff. Yeah, uh, if you want to go back and watch it and then listen to what we thought, uh, it's a wild ride. But again, I don't know that that should have been for children. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if you haven't watched it in a long time, hey, when they put it into new streaming platforms, they added a new scene. So that's fun. I, I, uh, I never got to see the the original cut. I only got to watch the new and improved Star Wars version of Pokemon. <laughs> Pikachu says McClunky. Sure. Uh, he also shot first. <laughs> we we also have the continuation of our Black Butler season review. We took a bit of a break because hey, it's difficult in this time to like mesh some schedules together but you can always go back and listen to our previous episodes on that as well as if you're only just hearing about this now we did a whole thing on death parade that was very cool i i, I really did enjoy going through death parade again with a, a fresh set of eyes uh that was a lot of fun and 
Yeah, it turns out sometimes when you live in three separate time zones and <laughs> holiday and life exists, it gets complicated. Who could possibly have foreseen this? Anyone that logistically looked at it, probably. But not us. I mean, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> not us. Our hubris knows no bounds. <laughs> also, on the Patreon, you can send us questions that we answer during this mid-roll, and that is exactly what Charged Archetype has done. Uh, they sent us a question with regards to Steins Gate, so Travis, if you would cast your mind back. Actually, to be honest, I don't think you even have an answer for this question, so that's fun. I can make things up. Yeah. So, Charged Archetype asks, is this a good starting point to get into the series? I personally feel like this and the Fate series are these giants that are too hard to get started. I think if you really want to get into it, what you're going to want to do is start with season one of the Fox TV show Fringe, <laughs> and then just go from there. Then just randomly pick episodes, because time travel's confusing. <laughs> that would be an awesome way to watch it, if just like pick random episodes and do it. Well, get the intro out of the way when they actually do the time travel stuff. My, my whole thing for this is, like because Steinsgate is kind of like a multimedia experience um i know that there was like a more recent anime that came out that was kind of like another reality i'm not entirely certain i'll be honest i haven't watched it but there is also the visual novel which i will always recommend playing visual novels they're very fun sometimes <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement <laughs> sometimes they're good sometimes they're really bad but yeah i i, I would say i think to the story as a whole, I think the first few episodes are probably the best way to get into the entire genre of Steinsgate. To go with, like, Fate, I don't think Steinsgate is as confusing as the timeline for Fate, because, hey, here's this person who looks exactly like this other person, but her boobs are smaller and she has a different name. That's my experience with Fate. Oh, I hate, I hate anime that has character design that's so similar that it gets confusing. That's that's no good. Mm -hmm. So I'm changing my recommendation, and you should start with Terry Gilliam's uh, 12 Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> then watch Steins Gate. Perfect. That's it. Nailed it. Actually, I will put a call out to the listeners at large. I know fate is like a huge thing that exists. I have zero experience with it. So if someone could say, like, here is the place to start so I can show Travis an episode, that would be really cool. Sure. I mean, I think I feel the same way about uh, all things uh, the Brothers McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The McElroy extended universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people are like, you should check this out. It's good. And I'm like, there is too much of this for me to do that. <laughs> I am sure within our listener base, someone will send you like, hey, here is the episode to listen to. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. I'm sh I think somebody has told me that before, and then I tried, and I was like, this still might not be for me. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. But digressions aside, hey, we have a Patreon. Please consider helping us out on there. Yeah, smash capitalism, give us money. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Let's go back to past Joe and Travis as we untangle the web that is starting. What did you think of the other? You know, again, this is hard because I'm trying to judge episode one of a time travel story <laughs> that's doing a lot of stuff. It's setting up a lot of things in orders that aren't necessarily all clear right now. And I understand that. But man, it takes... Uh, it's it's frustrating, like, watching Memento for the first time. <laughs> and then you keep watching it, and you think you got it, but it's... I, I feel like episode one, you could watch a thousand times. Not this one, maybe. But you could watch a lot of time travel and or people's memories are bullshit uh, stories and, and, and get a lot of different perspectives from them, man. <laughs> yeah, I will say for, for this show in particular, I think you have to watch the entire show to kind of get what the first episode is doing. 
Oh, I feel like there's a lot of relevant stuff here that I have no clue about. Yeah, and like, again, watching this as like, as it comes out, it's like, what the fuck is going on? And I think like, I want to leave this until like, ending thoughts of just like, did this intrigue you enough to watch more episodes? Like, I want to get into that a bit later. Because the opening is very much like, there is very standard time travel imagery. There's a lot of repeating of characters. There's obviously cogs and clockwork and butterflies. It's very peak time travel energy. It is. I, I gotta say, though, like a lot of their weird mishmash montages are drawn so well that it looks like they're adding in frames of real world. Yeah, like this, this whole show, sometimes it feels very standard anime, and sometimes there's like a big flick into, hey, we can do so much more with the show. It's it's very interesting because this, like, the setting of this show is almost kind of slice of life It's basically a group of people living together and doing science experiments that who knows if it goes anywhere. That's kind of like, that could be a slice of life. Episode one definitely feels like when you say science experiments, there were quote fingers. Exactly. We'll get into the one science experiment they do, and it's buck wild. But yeah, it is. The whole show is about, yes, it has this time travel thing, but it's about the effect that time travel has on his relation to reality and the other characters. Like, it's a very focused show that doesn't need all that much high budget animation, but sometimes they really go for it. Nothing wrong with that, actually. Uh, I really enjoy it. In this one episode, if there's anything more to say on the opening, I don't know if there is. Uh, I think we covered it. When Okabed does the introduction of all of the members of the Future Gadget Laboratory, there is a moment where they go so hard in the animation. Uh, So basically we come out of the opening and he's doing the introductions of, hey, I'm a mad scientist and an evil genius, Hoin Kiyoma, Number 001. He introduced Mayuri as 002, his assistant. She is brought into this. Like, we'll find out later that this is so fucking ridiculous, but it's almost like this is a video log of the lab's activities that is presented to the audience as their introduction. Yeah, uh, what, what is the, uh, the sing-along uh, vlog? Um... Doctor, uh, c- come on, help me out here. Um, Doctor Horribles? Doctor Horribles sing-along vlog, there we go. <laughs> he introduces Mayuri as avid cosplayer and resident female. Tips Fedora. Milady. He also introduces Daru, who he was sending the text to, who is the resident hack. I watched both the dub and the sub. Mm-hmm. I absolutely prefer the dub, particularly in this instant where the subtitles are "It's hacks or noob," because fuck you. Oh, that that '90s very hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lead hacksaw. Yeah, he then does like a weird. If you turn left at this particular street, we're just down the road from the Mad Hare's haberdashery. You will find the future gadget laboratory. You know, that that's really the downfall of every villain, when they monologue their address. <laughs> the thing is, he is monologuing to a TV screen, which is a llama with a human face. Yeah, um, about that, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I, mm, yep. Having watched the show before, I love that there is a moment of calling Daru out on his bullshit of being like, the only women you interact with are 2D women. And he goes, nah, that's just my harem and I worked very hard to collect them. And everyone is so fucking put off with that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, can, can we go back to the llama man? <laughs> we absolutely can. I will spend all this time talking about a llama man. Okay, uh... I, I want to say that the the llama man's face is drawn with that dour expression that you only see uh, uh, with paintings of people that are running countries, and I don't <laughs> understand why. 
Llama Man has seen some shit and has had enough of your shit. <laughs> that is the exact expression. Napoleon Bonaparte in every painting he, he's featured in has that same kind of pissed off look. It is an aloof, disapproving expression. It is. Like, yeah, I, I don't understand. That's immediately <laughs> what I thought of when I saw that the Llama Man's face. It was like, Llama Man's seen some shit. It's just to fucking tired of all of you. You clearly don't understand his plan for greatness. <laughs> and he will drag you across that line. Rule Britannia. <laughs> I have no idea what show they are watching, whether it's just a picture of a llama man. There, there is a weird moment where they're, when they're like negging Daru about his 2D harem, Okabe calls him out on it, and he says, like, oh no, we were just engaging in the time-honored tradition of wondering whether the entire world we live in is just a uh, simulation produced by higher intelligence beings. And I love that Okabe's just like, that theory is stupid. <laughs> what you're talking about is dumb. Go away, internet. <laughs> Daru is just the internet. <laughs> Daru is the internet. Daru is the worst. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on the internet, but that's, <laughs> that's an accurate depiction. Okabe's like, while you spend time talking about this stupid idea of a simulation, we could be spending more time talking about how to overthrow the organization, a thing that we have no proof even exists. Okay, so I advanced this, this theory to Joe early, that <laughs> basically our protagonist is Rick Sanchez of Rick and Morty before he started drinking. And it fits pretty hard. <laughs> it's frustrating that it works that well. <laughs> You're welcome, Joe. Ah, I have no need to drink alcohol. All that I need to drink is Dr. Pepper. Yeah, except then he got, you know, world-weary and was just like, I just need to numb the pain. <laughs> we're we're going to go on time travel adventures, Morty. T time! <laughs> Nine seasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, Okabe. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so then, then we kind of get this almost existential crisis that is wrapped into his own fantasy. Because he's having conflicting views with what he has experienced to what is the truth. That is, Dr. Nakabashi's conference was cancelled, and then a satellite hit the building. It, it was cancelled. He was busy making that bone-sucking sauce. <laughs> yeah, we, we learned that in at least this timeline, who knows, uh, that they cancelled the conference because a satellite hit the building, and Okabe's very weirded out by that. Yeah, it's almost like he's got multiple realities stirring around in his head. Hmm. Hmm. So I like that the, the gadget that they have made is a TV remote that is a toy gun, and that's what they're using to change the channel. And then when they get the report of, we still don't know where the satellite came from. As you can see, it's pretty big. The TV breaks, and they have to go downstairs to their landlord, who does have a real name, but they just call him Mr. Braun. I'm going to be really disappointed if uh, the remote ends up powering a lot of this and it's basically just the anime version of the Adam Sandler uh, pilot or, or vehicle uh, click. I would be very sad at that. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you shouldn't. No, <laughs> one, should. no one should remember Adam Sandler. He's bad. So, so they go to get this TV fixed. Um, Mr. Braun like, basically says, hey, this is going to take a lot of money to fix. Oh, you burned this thing? That's going to take even more money to fix? And a line that is stuck with me, that has come up in many, like, times of playing D&D. Damn the vagaries of haggling! <laughs> it's so good. You know, a lot of this, uh, of his weird monologuing, some of these lines are perfectly natural coming out of the mouth of Dexter. Yeah. Like, this is the scene where we get hints about something weird going on. Because Mr. Braun is like, hey, girly, talking to Mayushi, you should hang with a better crowd than this. And she says, well, I can't hang with anyone else. I'm Okabe's hostage. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. Shit, I missed that line and I shouldn't have. No. 
<laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say it right now, like Okabe didn't actually capture this woman. They are childhood friends and she is feeding into his fantasies of being a mad scientist. Ugh. Because there's a lot wrong with this show. I just wanna say he did not capture a woman. Well, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. Uh, you doing okay, that buddy? It, less so. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling less good right now. <sighs> so kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like the kind of crux of this scene is basically Okabe having that flashback and talking about how Dr. Pepper to scientific minds is akin to ambrosia. I mean, it, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that it's necessarily the drink of the gods. Nah, mate. Dr. Pepper and Amaretto. It's very good. Tastes like a cherry bakewell. Ah, see, I'm used to... Uh, we have the shots, at least co- uh, locally, uh, that they call flaming Dr. Peppers. <laughs> uh-huh. Basically... It's a, it's a drop shot that that also has a flaming uh, shot of 151 rum dropped into it. Ooh. Mmm, yeah. Uh, they're very tasty, but extraordinarily dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did I wake up, change this radiator and this goat? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's flaming Dr. Peppers. Something else about this scene, if you really like the sound of cicadas, this show is great, and they kind of point out for you of just like, hey, cicadas are really loud. Uh, now, is there is there relevance to that? Because, I mean, I personally associate cicadas with, you know, they're on a schedule, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're a, a a natural representation of time and cycle. Yes, it's always used in anime to be like hey it's summertime so cicadas are making a lot of noise just to be like here is the setting to this show or like this arc of a show to be like hey cicadas making noise it's summer you know what that means sure 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 okay but yeah it is it is very tied to seasons which is tied to progression of time i figured that's what they were going for so the next thing is we get the testing of one of their gadgets which is a microwave that they put bananas into and activate with a phone that has, like, an app associated that has Mayushi's voice. Yeah, uh, you know, that classic dish, microwave bananas. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound like it's going to be the grossest jelly that you've ever slopped into your mouth. Well, what happens in the show is not what I assume would be. Is what would happen if you actually put bananas in a microwave. I assume some sort of explosion would occur. That feels right. <laughs> some potassium-based explosion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, they are testing its future gadget 8, which is a microwave that moves clockwise. Hmm, I wonder if there's significance in that. Let me ponder about that. Basically, it turns bananas into green goop. Yeah, yeah, it do. It do do that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Okabe's just like, hey, Daru, eat that. Oh, you don't want to eat that. Mayushi, eat it. (laughs) And apparently she has eaten these bananas before because she's like, oh, they get all like gross and sloppy. And then, hey, here's Daru's character. Hey, could you say that again? But instead of gross, say wet and sloppy. That will occur a few times in this show. See, as a person that already finds bananas mildly disgusting <laughs> as a texture like they're really not improving on that situation for me like i'm i'm actively feeling a little bit of gorge rise when talking about eating green banana goo <laughs> the presence of mind to make that sexual is exclusively reserved for one character but of course it is yep it's sexual <laughs> banana goo that's essential. <laughs> we move swiftly on from gross banana goo to Daru leaving the house and complaining about it as they kind of walk through Akihabara. They talk about a maid cafe, which will come into later episodes. And they're 
keeping track of the live stream of the crash site. And then we learn that Okabe's text of, hey, Makase Kurosu just died, traveled through time. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. How curious? I wonder if that will play any detail into the rest of this show. My dear Alice, everyone is mad. So they're on an elevator, and there's like this dramatic reveal of, hey, this text traveled back in time, and when they open the elevator, who's standing in the middle of the room but Makase Kurosu, totally alive? Yeah, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you're playing into this thing that you have no context for. Not at all. You give me a bit, I'll run with it. I don't care. <laughs> it's not even a bit. It's just a thing that happens in this show. But yeah, with the reveal that Makase Kurusu is alive, that is the end of the episode. Travis, I would like to revisit a point that I mentioned earlier. Is it the Tim Burton thing? <laughs> no. What, what I'm referring to is this episode, I, I could... Vaguely remember being like, oh shit, what the fuck is going on with this time travel business? Did this one episode make you curious about watching the rest of the show? Was it effective in being a first episode? Okay, so I'm going to give it like a C, and here's why. They're trying to do two things here. They're, They're doing a lot of character work, but they're also doing a lot of time travel business. Like they're, they're establishing characters, which is what a a first episode should do but th- this is a very ambitious first episode mm-hmm. they're really trying to set a lot of hooks and i am curious to see how they because i i liked what i saw enough that i could watch more of it but i think that they almost aired on the side of too much shit in one episode for a first episode yeah i'm Obviously, when I first watched this, I had the entire gamut of all the episodes to watch and wasn't stuck in the hell that Travis is in of, we're going to watch an episode of anime and then the next week we're going to watch something completely different. It's it's a real weird existence. I'll be honest with you, Joe. Like, yeah, you you don't you don't know what it is to to be in a, <laughs> in a Travis anime world, and it's it's a pretty wild fucking ride sometimes, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I had the entire show to watch, right? So being able to be like, well, what the fuck's going on? Oh well, I'll guess I'll get Netflix to continue playing and watch the rest of it. I can't say for certain whether whether this episode is too much. I think your your assessment is very valid, where it's just like, they're going to present a lot of stuff, hint a lot of stuff, and then also play it as maybe, hey, Okabe is just fucking crazy and making up this entire reality. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely presents those two possibilities. Another question I have is, did you enjoy watching this episode? Actually, I did. I did not mind this at all. I just think that there was a lot going on and I think I'd appreciate that there was a lot going on if I had payoff for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, being that this is, this is my single serving, you know, my, my fun sized bite of anime, uh, if you will. Well, nothing is stopping you from watching the whole show. Uh, time is stopping <laughs> me from watching the whole show, Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lack of time is stopping me. But no, I I would watch more of this to figure out what the fuck is going on because, like I said, they set a lot of hooks and to just get it as a single serving is super ineffective. Mm -hmm. I would like some payout for all the work they just did. Yeah, yeah. This first episode is entirely enriched by watching 20 episodes of this show. No, that's how a time travel show works, is they present so much important shit right up front that seems whatever, and then it all becomes <gasps> relevant as time goes on. Exactly. This this is, what Travis has done here is analogous to watching the first 20 minutes of, hey, we're going to reference Memento again, but just watching the first 20 minutes and never seeing anything else of that movie. Yeah, uh, that would be... That would be fucking nuts. That'd be crazy. Like, why would you do that? Why did I do that, Joe? That's what I just did. 
You did. That That is to say that Steinsgate was a show that we watched, and <laughs> next episode we will watch a different show. Travis? Uh, I think you're, you're looking for me to, to next time on WTF. So, it's been a while since we have done a sports anime. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I watched a sports anime. I like the intensity. I like the dumb, this is the most important thing ever, <laughs> when it really isn't. Like, if, you, if you're an adult and have, have survived in any way in this world, it's not the most important thing. But I love the hyper-focus. Yeah, so, next episode, I, I just decided that we were going to do this, because it's one of my favorite anime of all time. So next episode, we are going to watch episode one of Kuroko no Basuke, and boy, boy, I'm excited to see my son. My magic son. Okay, uh, uh, is there a dub with Jade in it? There isn't a dub of this show. Uh, uh well that's fine, I was just hoping for some more Jades. <laughs> I want to just progressively get more familiar with him, until, like, it's a nonsensical, like, just, like, a, a, a sound we make that refers to him. Hey, if you want to hear us get more familiar about J. Michael Tatum, go to our Patreon where we're watching Black Butler, where he is featured prominently. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Jates is is majestic in that uh, in that role. Jates is killing it. Uh, but that sounds like we should get into some business, which is your usually your lead in. It is normally my lead in, but I'm ready to riff for like a thousand years right now. So uh, we'll just let you uh, guide this train, which trains aren't guided. So that was a good analogy. <laughs> there we go. So if you'd like to find the show on the internet, we are on Twitter at WTF Anime Show. You can use us an email using WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. And I can always and forever be found on Twitter at the Joe Hatfield. Travis? If you want to hit me up on Twitter, I'm at DiceLover, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And I do not run the handle for WTF Anime Show, so tag us both if you want to talk to us. That said. If you uh, like what we do here and would like to uh, experience us being dumb and playing characters uh, other than the characters we play on this show, uh, check out the Lost Libraries at Lost Library Cast, uh, where we have two separate shows that we are involved in, both Fifth Watch, where Joe runs it and I'm a player in it, and Grayscales, which is on hiatus currently, but... Hopefully coming back soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where we are both player hunters. To be fair, Fifth Watch has been also on a hiatus. I'm not sure to grant it, but... Yeah, time zones are a fucker. That's uh, basically how that works. Gay super teens! It's very good. Uh, and also, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please consider leaving us a rating review on the iTunes, or iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from and again our patreon is WTF anime show well no it's not that our patreon is patreon.com slash WTF anime show where you can get a bunch of extra bonus content like us doing a full series review or watching movies that's a whole thing that we do yeah you guys back in enough we'll do dumb anime characters uh, as ourselves yes in multiple universes hosted by Alan Sells Get, make it happen. I want it. Yes. WTF RPG is an entire thing that I'm very excited for. But I think that's it. We have talked for a fucking long time. We have. We we may have riffed a couple of times uh, in this episode. I'll be honest with you. We may have taken every digression under the sun. Uh, but that is to say, thank you for listening and bye. Bye. That'd be amazing. The Church of Pesci. <laughs> Especially because Pesci is a JoJo character, and I cannot unsee this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Pesci means fish in Italian, so he named an Italian fish. Yes, yes he did. He also named one ham. Was he hungry one day? Like, <laughs> while writing. <laughs> I mean, fucking 
all of the assassin squad in JoJo's is just named after food. I can only assume he was very hungry and then got weird and was like, you know what I should name this person with a shark stand? The Italian for shark. I don't know what the Italian word for shark is. I, I speak almost no Italian. Squalo. Hmm. It's a fun word. Hmm. I, I like it. It's fun to see his boyfriend rub his titties and say squalo. <laughs> now I'm just picturing squalo as a Pokemon. Squalo. <laughs> squalo. No, no. His boyfriend is rubbing squalo's titties. I know. His trainer is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Trainer's just rubbing the titties. Pokemon's sitting there. Squalo. <laughs> I hope everyone's enjoying uh, Shield and Sword. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine rubbing your starter's titties. Mmm, them good starter titties. <laughs> Rub those depressed lizard's titties. That's how he gets big titty energy. <laughs> the rubbing. <laughs> An untapped resource. It is. Like, you want to break the game, you get that big titty energy, and you wreck face. <laughs> I know nothing about Pokemon. <laughs> I'm just making things up right now. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's how you do it. You teach them the HM titty rub, and they get big titty energy, and then they go Gigamax. Fuck, I, who knew? I, 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 maybe I'm a prodigy at this? <laughs> oh, fuck. 